Blog Talk Radio. Texas, Neek from the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show has a PSA announcement that I would like to make. In the city of Dallas, Frisco, Texas, McKinney, Texas, DeSoto, <laughs> Duncanville, I just want to say one thing. I'm the new Cowboys! <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, man. Let me tell you, America. Let me tell you the city of Dallas. Monday night, you know, I was laying in the bed because I teach. I'm a coach as well. Um, I don't really get too much, you know, personal about my business, but I'm going to put that out there. A lot of you guys know who I am. But I was laying in the bed, man. I had the joker smile on my face. You know the joker smile. Basically, waiting until they get a load of me. And all throughout Monday night laying in the bed, I just couldn't stop smiling. Because I say, you know what? Tomorrow is school. As soon as I get to work. I'm going to let everybody have it, from the janitor to the students to the principals to the teachers to the coaches. Let everybody have it. So I'm going to give you a little, just a quick example how how I got down on, on Tuesday. And I was pretty much, pretty much uh, public enemy number one uh, over at uh, Frisco, um, Texas, over at Heritage High School. <laughs> and so let me just say how I got down. So I walked in, and I seen one of the teachers, and I said, hey, how you doing today, sir? You know, he kind of had this look like, oh, damn, man, he's about to get me. He's about to let me have it. So I just said, hey, did you have a good weekend? And, you know, he was really quiet, you know, just kept it real short. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Okay. Okay. So I was just saying hi. Hope you have a good day. So I step out the room, right? Ten seconds later. Hey, one more thing. I forgot to tell you. Oh, what's that, coach? How about new Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> and then I go in the principal's office and I said, Principal, man, today I just feel really good. I'm in a good mood. Well, that's good, Coach. I'm glad to hear you're in a good mood there, buddy. So I said, you know what? Can I please do morning announcements? And he said, why do you want to do morning announcements? You never asked for that. I said, please let me just do morning announcements. And he said, Coach, I think I know where you're going with this. I'm not going to let you do it. And I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, you don't know what I'm going to say. I'm just going to say, you know, good morning to the kids. Good morning, staff. Good morning, coaches, teachers, faculty, everybody. You know, even though I said that, I just want to rub it in one more time. Then I was just going to say, today is uh, January 16th, and um, I, well, actually January 17th, I, myself, would just like to wish you guys, hope you guys have a happy, good day. And also, I just want to say one more thing. How about them Cowboys? (laughs) Well, that's just my little rant, man. It's just funny, man, because... You know, everybody last week was getting on me because America, everybody know Neek loves them Giants and the Raiders. 
But everybody was getting on me saying, what happened to them Giants? I knew them Giants were going to do anything, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. That's why y'all have to play us, blah, blah. And I said, okay, all right. Yeah, we took our loss to Aaron Rodgers. Okay, that's cool. But I'm going to tell you what, Aaron Rodgers is going to get the best of you. Ah, no, he ain't. Yeah, you know, he's ain't. No, he ain't. You know, uh, uh, Packers can't stop our running game. Dak Prescott going to throw all over them Packers. We're going to shut Aaron Rodgers down. Heck, I think we probably blow them uh, Packers out. You know, these are what? These are what some of the staff is saying, man. They just think the Cowboys are going to blow these Packers out. And I said, not so fast, my friend, because Aaron Rodgers is on fire right now. And the boy is hot. And the boy is just a magician out there. It's just a thing of beauty. And they sit there and say, ah, we ain't worried about it. Not on this day. We're going to blow them Packers out. So guess what? Them Cowboys lost. Aaron Rodgers, we already saw what he did. We ain't got to talk about it. But we're going to bring a little bit up on the show because, you know, Chuck, I'm going to ask you, uh, uh, is Aaron Rodgers one of the greatest quarterbacks you've seen, you know, since you've been living? But I'm just going to say this, man. Cowboys fans, come on over to Neek's couch and watch the playoffs <laughs> on the couch with my Giants. And I just want to ask you, Cowboys fans, hey, do y'all need some sauce? Y'all want some ranch dressing? What else can I get y'all? <laughs> Welcome to the playoff couch. So that's my little rant for the show. And I just had to get that off my chest. And one more time, Dallas, how about the Cowboys? <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you you had that built up and like you know when you be holding your bladder for a long time and you finally get to the bathroom and just let it go. That's what that's what it seems like how you how you was feeling just now, just to get it off your chest, get everything off your chest, especially with you living in in the midst of enemy territory. It's not like you're on the outskirts; you right there in the heart of Dallas, in the heart of Texas. So. Yeah, so so it sounds like you had that good, nice, long, hard release there, Neek. So, yeah, so it was good. So, yeah, so we all sitting on the couch, man, except for four teams, mm-hmm. four fa- fans of four teams. Everybody else, we sitting on the t- couch watching these four teams battle it out this weekend. And we got some great games coming up this weekend, Neek. Yeah, we do. And, and I just want to say this. Let me just clear this up, man. By the way, fans, this is the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. But Neek just had to give him a rant for some of our new fans who's tuning in first time. Like, man, this guy's what? He, he's really lit up tonight. Oh, I sure am. I haven't had anything to drink except for water, <laughs> but I'm feeling great. But let me just clear this up, man. I just want to say this. Dallas Cowboys fans, the future is bright for your organization. And I'm going to tell you like this, man. For my New York Giants and all the other teams in the NFC East and in the NFC Conference, Dallas is going to be hell to deal with for the next few years. I mean, Jerry Jones has built this offensive side of the ball. I mean, it's just a muster what he's built over there. I mean, that offensive line is the best in the league with Tyron Smith, you know, Ronald Leary, uh, Travis Frederick, you know, Zach Martin and Doug Free. But I know that Leary is unrestricted free agent, so he probably won't be back, you know, due to the fact that Lyle Collins, who they drafted last year, will be back um, due to missing most of the season with a right toe injury. But the Cowboys have the franchise QB and Dak Prescott. We know he's his little baby. He's still growing up. They also have the rookie of the year, pretty much who won every offensive statistical category this uh, season, and that's the rookie, Ezekiel Elliott, and he's still the little baby. And, you know, you still got Dez Bryant over there, you know, their top wide receiver. But the problem with this team, man, Jerry Jones is going to build that defensive side of the ball. They need pass rushers. They need one more linebacker. And that's secondary, which caused them to lose this game to the Green Bay Packers because we know Claiborne, man, it's about time for them to cut ties with him. Barry Church is a free agent. Um, who else they got over there? We got your boy Brandon Carr, who's due $5.5 million. I don't see them bringing him back. 
So Cowboys, man, they're going to have to get them probably about two new set of corners. It's basically a pair of set of corners and going to probably have to get them a strong safety. But like I said, man, the future is bright for this organization, man, and we haven't said that in years because this is supposed to be America's team. We felt like they haven't been America's team for since, what, 96, 95, going way back then to them good old days. But I just want to say, man, the future is bright for you guys. But I got to say it one more time. Woo-hoo! How about them Cowboys? <laughs> yeah. I was going to correct you there. I was going to do that really rude and just it just bogart my way to the front of the line. But I was going to let you finish. But it was something I, I got to beef with you on there, talking about Jerry Jones built this team. Jerry Jones did the smart thing and just step, he st- he stepped aside. He said, yeah, I'm a great marketer. I'm a great promoter, all this other stuff. But you know what? I'm going to leave the, the picking of the players, the player personnel decisions, the drafting, all that, to the people that really know football. So I think the best thing Yes, this, this is it's a great team. You describe how this offense is. We talked about the offensive line week in, week out. And everyone knows I love a great offensive line. I love a great defensive line because that's where you build a great team at. And But those went Jerry Jones' pick. Jerry Jones wised up and got smart and said, you know what, I'm going to step back and let the real football people make the decisions. Well, they're going to suggest. And then he's going to go with what they say. Because as we know, the old Jerry Jones, he would have went out there and drafted Johnny Manziel. We know that would have been a train wreck. He would have, he would have had so many uh, of those typical Jerry Jones picks in the past where this team wouldn't be where they're at now. But a few years ago, I think he made decisions like, yo, time is ticking. The clock, the, the sand and the hourglass is running out. And so far, the past 10, 15 years, we ain't been doing too hot, and who's been making mostly the decisions? All the decisions, pretty much. It's been me. So let me take a step back and let me listen to my people. And he started listening to his people because I remember a few a few years back when he took, uh, I think it was Tyron Smith that he might have took in that first round. I'm like, Jerry Jones took an offensive lineman in the first round. What is going on here? And then the next year, I think he took another offensive lineman. So it, it, there was a change. That's when that change happened. Um. Everybody wants to get a credit to Jerry Jones. He deserves the credit, but I, I'm trying to put it in perspective. He, der- he deserves credit for listening to the football people in his organization, you know, because those aren't Jerry Jones' moves. Those hadn't been Jerry Jones' moves for 20-some years, you know, so he just all of a sudden ain't going to change. The only thing he did was step back like, look, all right, you guys take over, and they took over, and they built a great a great offensive line, got a talented offense, they got the, the – Three-headed monsters, you got him a quarterback, got him a running back, got him a wide receiver with a great offensive line. You can win a lot of games with that. But that won't take you to the championship. Like you said, Nick, you need that defense. And now they need to solidify that defense, especially that secondary in this offseason. So they got a lot of work to do um, in that secondary and on defense, period. But right now they're good to go on offense. So you just got to work on that one side of the ball. And Chuck, you know, I'm a, I, you know, I agree with you on that, man. That Jerry Jones took a step to the side, but you gotta understand, man. It's America's team, Jerry Jones' team. You know, when the media looks at it, Jerry Jones made the decision. But we all know that he took a step to the side, let his son and and you know the other experts in the organization, you know, well, have a talk to see, him. Go ahead. Go but ahead. see, but see, we all didn't know that. You know, yeah. I'm in the I'm in the media business. I'm in the mm-hmm. advertising. 
uh, sales operations business. So I know how this influence and how this persuasion works. You know, so I, I'm all fine for the America's team. We talked talked about it many times, but as being a scholar, I had to throw that out there for the fans that think Jerry Jones is up there. Um, uh, this was all Jerry Jones doing. It was not all Jerry Jones doing. He does deserve the credit, though, for putting his ego. He didn't put his ego aside. He just told his ego to, you know, go out and get something from the vending machine. <laughs> you know, why they doing the draft and the ego came then the ego came back just in time after they made the draft pick. So I, that's what has been going on there. And you know what? You got to get credit because he's involved. You know, because yeah. Bruce was the same Jerry Jones from the late 90s, the uh, early 2000s. Because even doing those championship runs, that was all your boy uh, – um, I, I'm having a brain freeze right now. Dude from Fox, uh, the quarterback. Jimmy Johnson. You, yeah, it was, Jimmy that Johnson. was Jimmy Johnson. That was Jimmy Johnson. Ain't no telling how many Super Bowls they could have won together, but those two egos couldn't clash. Jerry Jones would rather get rid of uh, Jimmy Johnson, who he played college football with, because he wouldn't get the love and he wouldn't get the props. Everybody was like, oh, this is, Jerry, uh, this is Jimmy Johnson's Dallas Cowboys. And Jerry was like, uh-uh, I ain't having that. I ain't having that. <laughs> They kicked a great coach. He kicked a great coach to the curb who had just won them two championships in a row. And then who was that? Was that Barry Switzer that came in and Barry won the Switzer, third yep. one? Yeah, off mm-hmm. of, and he ain't last long because all he did is come in and babysit the team that Jimmy Johnson had built. But you know what? We can say that for another show on the past or whatever. But Jerry Jones, he gets – I'm not hitting no Jerry because I like Jerry Jones. I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, but I like Jerry Jones because he's a likable old dude. Um, but – you got to give props to the football people in his organizations because the, cause the media, the mainstream media, they will give all the credit to Jerry Jones. And big shout-out to Barry Switzer, man. Did a good job, you know, getting that last Super Bowl and a um, good culture career in Oklahoma. But after that last Super Bowl in Dallas, man, you know I got you, you know, to say it on the show, man. Barry Switzer had to go. And you know what happened when you got to go? He need to get dropped off. <laughs> he got dropped off. He so did. But anyway, man, I got a couple QB questions, man. And um, there's actually a couple QBs we got to talk about on the show. Um, stemming from actually one of them stemming from the Cowboys Packers. Excellent. I mean, excellent playoff game. And our boy, A.R. Aaron Rodgers. Chuck, let me just ask you this, man. What makes Aaron Rodgers so damn good? And is he one of the best quarterbacks you've seen play in a while? And also, let me ask you this. If they beat these Falcons and go to the Super Bowl, and let's say they beat Pittsburgh or New England in the Super Bowl, that will give AR two Super Bowl rings, you know, with Big Ben, Peyton, and Eli Manning. So do you think Barry – I mean, do you think Aaron Rodgers, if he wins this another Super Bowl, gives him two rings, he joined the two-ring club with those other guys, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? First of all, I'm a, this, is, this is a spoiler alert because uh, we're going to talk about this later in the show. But as much as I like Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's going to win. They're going to beat the Falcons um, this coming weekend. Uh, I've been talking about I've been talking about since the beginning of this season. There ain't nothing wrong with Aaron Rodgers. I've been saying it almost every doggone show, and I've been vindicated when the Packers turned their season around, and now they're one game away from the Super Bowl. I've been yelling at the top of my lungs about how dope and excellent Aaron Rodgers is and what makes Aaron Rodgers so great. It's so many things that make him great. First of all, he's 
calm, cool, and collected. If you just watched the game this past weekend, they had a lot of close-up on, close-ups on him. It, I mean, it's like he he's at the library or something looking for a new Harry Potter book or something. He's just walking up and down the aisles looking like, okay, here's the here's the G's, here's the his E F G H oh here's the H is H A R okay Harry Potter right it just looks like he's on a nice stroll in the park and in the warm sunny afternoon when he's out there playing the most difficult position to play in sports so that's one great thing remaining calm under pressure uh, people used to talk about how Joe Montana was so cool under pressure that was one of his great things is just being cool because I remember the stu- story from. I forget what Super Bowl was. I hope it wasn't against my Bengals, but one of those Super Bowls they were in, it was the game-winning drive, and one of the offensive linemen said that uh, um, Joe Montana just walked in the huddle and looked up in the stands and said, hey, is that John Candy? And everybody looked over there, and like it just calmed the team, and it calmed that lineman personally. So that takes a cool customer to do that. Um, so that's one big strength of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, second thing is this dude – he throws an incredible ball. Like, everybody wants to talk about arm strength. Yes, Aaron Rodgers has a very strong arm. But to play quarterback in a National Football League, you need to be accurate. You need to be accurate. Let me say that one more time with a proper English. You need to be accurate. An accurate passer. A strong arm. Anybody can have a strong arm. Look at Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell had a strong arm, and he strong-armed the bank – or he strong-armed the Oakland Raiders in – took off with a bag of money with a ski mask on. So and he, having and a strong you know arm. He, and you know what he did after that? Sipping on some scissor. Sipping on scissor. Right. <laughs> right. With, with cup in each hand because he got two strong arms. So strong arm is great, but it's about accuracy in NFL. And Aaron Rodgers is the most accurate quarterback I've seen since the 80s, maybe. The night, like I can't even think of a quarterback off the top of my head as, as accurate as this guy is. And what makes him even more spectacular is he's accurate on the move. Matter of fact, he's more accurate on the move than he is just standing in the pocket, straight up with a with a nice pocket. When he gets out, when he gets out of the the uh, the box and out of the pocket, he's phenomenal. Like that last pass. I remember I was watching the game. That last pass to uh, to the tight end, what's your boy name? Who, who Jared name Cook. I forgot? Yep, Jared Cook, who I, I was hating on earlier in the season. That pass to Jared Cook, he was rolling to his left. Rolling to his left. He stopped planting his feet like he's about to throw. Okay, he got a nice base. That's what they teach quarterbacks. The quarterbacks can't get your feet straight. Even if you run out the pocket, straighten up, get your, get, get, get your feet straight. And then throw it. He got his feet straight. I'm like, oh, he's about to throw it. And then he ran again. And then he turned and ran a little bit more and threw off of his back foot, running towards the sideline, throw one of the most accurate passes right along the sideline I've ever seen. And Jared Cook made a hell of a catch and was able to keep his toes in there. I mean, that that had to be one of the greatest passes I ever seen. Like, that's up there with the best Dan Marino pass I've, that he's ever thrown or, or Brett Favre ever thrown. That pass was just a thing of beauty. And that comes down to arm strength. It comes down to accuracy. And uh, and if you watch Aaron Rodgers, because I was watching this, I'm not a QB coach. I played the line. I played running back. I'm not a QB coach. But if you look at the way Aaron Rodgers, because I was wondering, like, how does he – like, it seems he seems so – like it's so effortless for him to throw the ball down the field. And it's just like, it's like he's 
throwing an alley-oop like he's doing a jump shot. And then I finally, I, I knew this, but it didn't come to the front of my brain until I realized it's all about the snapping of the wrist. If you watch Aaron Rodgers throw the ball, it's almost like he's throwing a baseball. Like I, I played baseball a long time ago, so I forget the fundamentals. But as a pitcher, I know it has a lot to do with the wrist, with you snapping the wrist at the end. That's how you throw curveballs and all that other stuff. If you watch Aaron Rodgers, when he throws those beautiful passes, and he seems just like he's putting no effort into it whatsoever. Watch that man's wrist. It's like he's snapping it, like he's throwing a baseball. And very few other quarterbacks I see do that. And he, he, he's just phenomenal, man. I mean, he's a great quarterback. I've enjoyed him for years. I even went back and was watching his, what was it, his freshman or sophomore year. I think it was his sophomore year when he was at Cal. And, uh, and like, he just looked, he looked like a totally different quarterback. Uh, he still had a pretty decent arm, but he he looked nothing like he looks now. And that should be expected because that was 10 years ago whenever he was a sophomore in college. And he's evolved and he's worked on his game. And he's become, I can't say the best quarterback in the league because Tom Brady still has that until he falls off or until he retires. But Aaron Rodgers is right behind Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady got like two or three more Super Bowls than he do. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, dude, he's phenomenal, man. All right. Just to wrap up Aaron Rodgers, man, you know, it's a thing of beauty watching this guy throw the ball. I mean, his ball placement is just some of the best. I mean, it's just beautiful. Again, you know, yeah, yeah, just like you said, accurate. And another beautiful thing is, can't nobody scan the field as he drifts like him. I mean, it's just beautiful, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's not enough adjectives to describe Aaron Rodgers' game. It's just remarkable, man. It's just a thing of beauty, and we're blessed to be able to watch this guy compete year in and year out at a high level. And let me just go over his stats, fans, real quick, because we got to move on, Chuck, and I got to get you the Alex Smith question next. But, you know, this season, 40 touchdowns, seven picks. Every, like, pretty much the last – Five, six years been over 4,000 yards. I know I think it was, uh, yeah, in 2015 only threw for 38, 3,821 yards, 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions. But just listen to these stats, man. 40 TDs this year, last year 31 touchdowns, eight picks. 2014, 38 touchdowns, five picks. Uh, 2013, he only played nine games, but he still had only six picks. And 2012, 39 touchdowns, eight picks. And in 2011, 45 touchdowns and only six picks. I mean, this guy's touchdown to interception ratio is just ridiculous. I mean, he doesn't turn the ball over that much, and that's why he's just special AI. But we got to move on. <clears throat> Chuck, What's a Chief up? fan came to me and said, Neek, man, you guys don't talk too much about my Chiefs. I said, yeah, well, I know. I mean, we try to get through every team, man. It's, it's hard to do it on the Neek and Chuck show. I mean, fans, if you really got questions, you got suggestions for us, you can hit us up. Um, you know, hit us up on Twitter at Neek and Chuck, you know, and, um, you know, we'll give you the email address. But here, here's the question. He said, Neek, I don't think my Chiefs can win with Alex Smith. Do you think he's the right QB for our team? And I'm going to just say this real quick because we got to make this real quick. I'll give you about two minutes, Chuck, on this answer. But Alex Smith is – he's a winnable quarterback. I mean, he's a solid quarterback. And, you know, I'm not going to say he's a great quarterback – he doesn't turn the ball over much. I mean, if you look at his stats, he hasn't had a double-digit interception season since 2009 to 2010. So he's going on seven years, actually six years, not having one of those seasons. So, hey, he's good. He doesn't turn the ball over much. But when you look at his stats, 
I mean, you're not going to catch see Alex Smith having 3,500 plus yards in a season. That's not going to happen to Alex Smith, you know, but I will put it like this, man. He's gotten him to the playoffs last year and this year. If you want to look for somebody better out there, yeah, you can make an argument. You can go out there and say, well, Romo or Jay Cutler have better arm strength than Alex Smith. That is true because they do push the ball down the field more than Alex Smith does. But this Chiefs now has a few weapons. You got Tyreek Hill, you know, Macklin and Conley. So, man, you know, it's kind of hard to answer that because they have some other components on this team with that strong defense. And it was just, you know, the Chiefs in this game, man, they they shot themselves in the foot. You know, your boy Eric Fisher jumped off sides when they had the two-point uh, conversion, when they converted that, that would have tied the game up. So he led them to the playoffs the last couple of years. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of torn on this, man. But, Chuck, I'm going to let you chime in give you your answer. What do you think, man? As far as Alex Smith goes, you can, you can win with Alex Smith. You can make it to the – Super Bowl with Alex Smith is but you can't rely on you can't jump on his back and make it you know what he has to be you know he can be in the driver's seat but he's like you mentioned he's not this guy that's gonna push the ball down the field he only had one game this year where he threw for over 300 yards I believe he only had one game where he had uh two touchdowns maybe. I, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I he only had 15 total touchdowns the entire season, eight picks. You know, so that's pretty bad. That's pretty pathetic, especially on the Andy Reid team uh, where, you know, he, he comes up with creative ways for the quarterback to move the ball down the field. And he still only had 15 touchdowns. So Alex Smith is not an excuse. It's other things on this – it's other holes on his team that needs to be addressed before – you put all this energy into finding another quarterback. Uh, you know, the running game, if the running game had been better, who knows what would have happened. Um, if Tyreek Hill was able to, you know, make a big play, who knows what happened. Who knows what would happen. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, there's other priorities that needs to be filled on. So you can win with Alex Smith. Uh, Jeremy Macklin, his, his glory days is long gone. He should not be your go-to receiver on offensive side of the ball. If you want to help Alex Smith, first of all, get some more help on that line, which ain't line ain't terrible, but get some more help on that line. Improve that running game. I know Spencer Ware had an okay season, breakout season, but he less, rushed for less than 1,000 yards. Um, so get you a running game. Get you another wide receiver, a number one wide receiver, and – you know, make some other personnel moves. Don't focus on the quarterback. You can win with Alex Smith. And then you have Nick Foles there, too. So it's like, you know, uh, who you going to go out? Like, you're going to have, what, Tony Romo, Alex Smith, and Nick Foles? That don't, that don't make no damn sense, man. Like, Alex Smith, he's getting the blame because he's the quarterback. But there's other holes you can fill right now, but and you can still win with Alex Smith. All right, one minute, Chuck, real quick, man, before we get in these games. How do you feel about the Chargers? San Diego Chargers moving to L.A.? What do you think about that? Uh, I think I think L.A. doesn't need another team. Matter of fact, I know. I live here. L.A., residents of L.A., we don't want another team. There's already too many sports teams here. And I could ramble off and name them all. But they don't want another – we don't want another professional football team. But I understand why he did it. 
the city of okay. San Diego was, was not was, was not going to build him a new stadium. Uh, so the value of his team. So I I was told this. I ain't gonna name the person, but somebody that's high up in the media and knows their knows the inside of football. You know, knows the inside of the NFL business. And he said that by moving, by the owner moving his team to Los Angeles, he just increased the value of his team to almost two billion dollars. And he doesn't even have to fill up a stadium. He don't even have a. They don't even have a stadium yet. They're playing at the Carson Center that sees thirty thousand people. I think my high school holds 10,000 people, you know, so in my college holds a hundred and some thousand people. So NFL team is going to be playing at 30,000 C stadium and the owner couldn't be more happy because the value of his team went up by moving to LA. And that's all the dude really cared about city of San Diego. They didn't want to build them a stadium. It's, there's, you know, uh, it's what happens. You, you didn't build a stadium. So your team moved. What do you expect? Don't get mad. Should have built the stadium. All right. All right, fans. Thanks for that info, Chuck, man. You always break it down because you are the scholar. All right, let's move on into this week conference championship games. Man, woo, I'm excited. Two good games on Sunday. First game is at 325 Eastern time, and it's going to be the last game ever played in the Georgia Dome. And that is going to be these Green Bay Packers coming in of eight straight, uh, winners of eight straight, and they're going to be taking on Matty and the Atlanta Dirty Bird Falcons, who are also on fire. I'm going to tell you like this, man. This game is going to be a shootout. Right now, the status report for Jordy Nelson is very iffy at best. I mean, it's looking about like 15% chance he's going to play. Um, I, don't know the, um, I don't know the status of uh, strong safety Morgan Burnett, who the Packers desperately need, for the, desperately need to play in this game. Um, I don't know if he's going to play this game either. So the Packers are could be without, you know, one of their best players on the offense side and also one of the best players on the defensive side. But let me tell you something, man. Kyle Shanahan, the offense coordinator for the Falcons, I love what he's doing in Atlanta. And we know he's going to be the, probably the new head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. They offered him the job, and he's pretty much saying he probably will take it. You know, can't say nothing right now because, you know, he wants to uh, try to get these Falcons, you know, through this game and on to the Super Bowl. And after that, he probably make the announcement. But his offense, man, I mean, with these weapons they have from Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, you know, he uses a lot of motions, uh, spread formation, bunch formation, very personnel package. And it's just a thing of beauty, man. I mean, he is using these weapons. And then you got to look at the receivers, Sanu, Julio Jones, Justin Hardy, um, uh, Taylor Gabriel, and then the tight end Hooper. I mean, these Falcons are loaded. And for the Packers, they're going to have their hands full. I know last week that defense was wore down in that fourth quarter by that physical Dallas Cowboys offense line. I mean, they were just mauling them. I was seeing those defenders getting blown back. And this secondary bay get ready. They better lace them shoes up, get them IVs in them, because they might see a lot of cramps in that secondary. Because, man, with these formations, they're going to be running. Woo-wee! It's going it's gonna, to it's gonna be something, man. And the, and the matchup I really want to see, I want to see Ladarius Gunther, I mean, Gunter, sorry about that. The uh, Packers uh, corner, he's 6'2". He's going to be going up against Julio Jones. We know Julio is 6'3". And that's going to be a good physical matchup I want to watch right there. I also want to see Demarius Randall going up against uh, Muhammad Sanu, who's also 6'2". That's going to be a good matchup. But, man, the key is this, man. For the Falcons, you got to try to get pressure on 
Aaron Rodgers. You got to keep him in the pocket. Don't let him run around because we already know it's magic. When he runs around and scrambles out the pocket and makes plays on the run, it's just a thing of beauty. So, Vic Beasley, Vic Beasley, man, I'm calling you out on the show, man. You need to step it up. You need to have a monstrous game on the defense side of the ball. But I love this Falcons defense, man. They're young. They're physical. They're fast. Um, my boy Dwight Freeney's got a good shot to get to the Super Bowl. You know, big up to my boy Dwight Freeney, man. You know, he's still playing at a high level, so I want to see him come in here and uh, go out with a bang. But I'm going to tell you what, man, I, I just I just don't think this Packers defense can keep up with this Falcons offense, man. I mean, it's just too many weapons, and the Packers are ailing on defense, and it's going to be a lot to ask for Matthews, Peppers, and Perry. You know, they're going to have to bring their A game. You know, they're going to have to get pressure on Matty, Matt Ryan because we already know he's clutch. He's just on fire right now. But with that being said, I just see Devontae Freeman, like you saw last week, you know, he only had 45 yards rushing, but he had four four catches for 80 yards. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. They I, There's not a Packers linebacker that can hang with either one of these running backs. So with that being said, I'm taking the Falcons in the shootout, 45-38. <clears throat> I'm going with the Falcons as well. I said that earlier in the show, uh, as much as admiration, I rained down on Aaron Rodgers. This Atlanta Falcons team is just too talented, both on the offensive side of the ball and they got some talent on the defensive side of the ball. Like you mentioned earlier, Nick, is up to Julius Peppers and uh, Matthews, Clay, uh, Matthews to, to get some pressure on Matt Ryan. They're not going to do it. They couldn't do it against the Cowboys. Yes. Cowboys has a great offensive line, but they weren't even sniffing Dak Dak Prescott last week. Atlanta Falcons offensive line, not as good as the Cowboys offensive line, but they playing well. They're playing well. Matt Ryan has had a phenomenal season, the best season of his career. Uh, He's going to miss, he's going to miss Kyle Shanahan dearly because even though Matt Ryan has been putting up yards, his career, putting up yards wasn't a problem with Matt Ryan. When you have Julio Jones, it's easy to throw from 4,500 yards a year, which is what he's basically done for the last, last five, four or five years or whatever it is. He put up good touchdown numbers as well. But Kyle Shanahan was able to use all of Matt Ryan's athletic ability. You look at the dude, you think he's just a stiff, you know, a uh, uh, stiff, geeky-looking dude, but he's an athlete. And Kyle Shanahan used that athleticism, and he brought out fantastic numbers for him. I mean, 38 touchdowns and only seven picks. Those are huge. So when Kyle Shanahan leaves, Matt Ryan, he's still going to be a good quarterback, but next year is not going to be as great as this year was. Um, so they're going to have to win it all, and I think they're going to make at least make it to the Super Bowl because they're going to beat the Packers. And then with the Green Bay offense, even – even with Aaron Rodgers getting his number one number one wide receiver back, uh, it, it still won't be enough. It still won't be enough because he had to pull some miracles out last week. And I just think that this Atlanta team, they're going to be able to keep up with the miracles. They're going to make some miracle plays of their own. Uh, and on defense, I, they, I think their defense matches up better with the – with the Packers than the Dallas Cowboys defense did. So uh, I look at Deion Jones to make some plays, uh, the rookie, the, the young rookie linebacker. So it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a great game, but I don't think it's, 
the Falcons are just too much for the Packers. They're just too much. <clears throat> yeah, and like you said, man, I mean, it's pretty much pretty much doubtful. You might as well just say Jordy Nelson not going to play in this game. So you're going to be relying a lot on Randall Cobb, Geronimo Allison, and um, and Jared Cook. But the problem is the Packers don't have a running game, man. I mean, you got a wide receiver right. playing running back. So there's no right. balance. They can't control that clock. So Aaron Rodgers is going to be – I mean, he doesn't mind, you know, putting the game on the shoulders, carrying his team, which is fine and dandy. But then it's just it's just too much pressure on Aaron Rodgers, man. And well, this is a big game. So, like you said, man, we both taking the Falcons in this game. All right, let's move on to Foxborough. You got these Pittsburgh Steelers coming in here. You know, Mike Tom a little upset right now because your boy Antonio Brown, you know, recorded a video. <clears throat> well, I think it was like – actually, it was like 15-minute video long of the Steelers in the locker room and A.B., you know, looking goofy on the camera, man. And you hear Mike Tom in the background, you know, cursing, cursing about them Patriots, talking about those assholes, got a couple of days start on us, ahead of us, you know, start on us, the preparation for us and stuff. And, you know, some of the Patriots players are upset about it. You know, they're like, oh, okay, okay, y'all want to talk about us? Okay, cool, cool. So I don't think that should have been done. But anyway, it's going to be a good game. I mean, it's, this is going to be – this is going to be a really interesting game because the thing with Bill Belichick and the Patriots do so well is that they will attack your weakness. And what I love about Bill Belichick, he don't say much. You might say two words on the sideline, and you know what those words he usually says? Let's hit them again. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to see a lot of Martellius Bennett right down that scene. You're going to see some Julian Edelman on the young corner, and uh, Artis Burn, Artie Burns. And you're gonna see uh, uh you're gonna see some Chris Hogan, you know, which we call the white chocolate, is always open twenty four seven, going down the field deep. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, their defense, their secondary, they got their work cut out for them. It's a young secondary, but they can't have no breakdowns, no miscommunications, um, especially against Tom Terrific, because you already know Tom Brady's gonna light your ass up. You know, he's gonna find a weakness and he's gonna attack it. But, you know, another good matchup I really want to see in this game, A.B. versus M.B., which is Antonio Brown versus Malcolm Butler. That's going to be a great matchup, chess matchup right there. Malcolm Butler, very physical corner. I mean, I, I really, I'm really going to be watching that matchup in this game. Another good matchup I want to see, I want to see my boy Bennett, man. Uh, Martelli has been tightening going against Ryan Shazier. He's got the speed to hang with him. But with that being said, I think this Patriots defense line – they will win the battle in the trenches. We're talking about Chris Long, Trey Flowers, Malcolm Brown, Jabal Sheard. That's a nice front line right there, and I think they're going to get some pressure on Big Ben. And I just think, man, I'm sorry, man, that that, that Patriots offense, we know last week, you know, the, the blunt, you know, the blunt got shut down <laughs> last week. That blunt wasn't potent last week, but I'm going to tell you right now, man, this is Championship Sunday. That blunt's going to be very potent. I don't think them Steelers can contain that blunt. I don't think they can be able to. Um, so, with that being said, man, I got to go with the Patriots in this game. And also, I just want to say this. For Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game, they got to stick to what they're doing. Pound, Latavia, I mean, pound your boy uh, Le'Veon Bell. Feed him the ball. And James Harrison and Brad Dupree, you guys need to wreak havoc. You guys need to get after Tom Brady, you need to win your matchups against Nate Soder and Marcus Kennedy. If you guys can't win your matchups, can't get after Tom Brady, then you guys in trouble. With that being said, I'm taking the Patriots 31-27. I'm hearing all of these fans and people, whomever, asking, like, why was Mike Tomlin so upset? Why was he so upset? There was a couple reasons I think he was so upset with Antonio Brown. He had every right to be, and Antonio Brown apologized 
and you know, he said he got caught up in a moment. I haven't watched the video. I'm never gonna watch the video, but I did see Antonio Brown's uh, little press conference where he was apologetic. Um, first of all, maybe because I'm old, I'm an old dude, or whatever. I don't understand like why 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 you have to record everything. Why can't you? He talks about he was in the he was just caught up in the moment. No, you weren't caught up in the moment if you if you're looking <laughs> at the world through your phone. You're not caught up in the moment if you're viewing that moment through a phone. Because I've I've heard people say this all the time. Like some musician, I don't remember what his name was, was talking about. He hates it when at his concerts when people put up their phone and watching his concert through their phone. Like, why did you pay money to come see me if all you're gonna do is look at look at it through a, a screen? You're not even Message. watching me. You're not even watching me. You're watching me. You're you're not even watching the concert. You're not even in the. You're not experienced, but you paid for it. You might as well just be at home on YouTube watching what you're recording. And I feel, and like I said, I can't remember who the singer was, but I feel them with 100%. Antonio Brown was not in the moment because if he would have been in the moment, he would have been paying attention to what the coach said. And the coach even said, don't, this shouldn't be recorded anyway. Antonio Brown already knew that because it's an NFL rule. So he was not in the moment. He was caught up in whatever he was caught up in. I, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but I think he was more interested in the response he would get by posting this online. He said he wants to share it with the fans. Well, fans, we should be privy to everything. I mean, it's supposed to be something sacred in that locker room. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's supposed to be. It, it, I have no problem with what Mike Tomlin said. I've had coaches that said much worse stuff that Mike Tomlin said. And it's actually kind of refreshing that Mike Tomlin would say something like that because I'm not one of these PC guys and everything so watered down nowadays. But that's a different story. You know, that's a different topic to talk about. But so he had every right to be upset at Antonio Brown. Uh for one, for violating for violating that trust in that locker room where you should be able to come and say whatever you want to say and not have to worry about people on the outside hearing it. Second thing is that Mike Tomlin is a very, very smart man. Like, I like Mike Tomlin. Unfortunately, he coaches for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he's a, he's, I think he's a great coach. And he understands that Bill Belichick is an even better coach than him. He understands that Bill Belichick will use what Antonio Brown did to motivate his team. You got to see what you say. Oh, they're professional athletes. They don't need to be. Yes, they do. We need to be motivated every day. Why do you think Ray Lewis went around spewing, talking a bunch of nonsense, whatever he's talking about, but he was doing it with passion. He was doing it with emotion. Football is an emotional game. You know, and you can't understand it unless you played. I played a long time ago. My body still hurts from it, though. But I still remember it's, the, it's an emotional game, hands down. And Bill Belichick is one of the best coaches we ever seen in any sport, period. So don't think he won't use that to motivate his team in some way. And his, and his team, he has a bunch of professional players. Who, they're going to use it, too. And the Steelers are in trouble. You know, they were in trouble before before this anyway because New England is just, I think, a better team. Yes, that offense is incredible. Their defense has been uh, – the Steelers' offense is incredible. 
the Steelers defense has been playing some very good football the past few weeks, especially James Harrison. I mean, I wish he would have stayed with my Bengals. But anyway, that dude's balling out of his mind. But it's going to be too much. Patriots going to be too much for him. So I take the New England in this game. <clears throat> All right. So we're both going with the Patriots and the Falcons. Should be a great Super Bowl, hopefully. Those predictions will play out. Hopefully, those outcomes play out in our in that favor in that way because we would like to see that game. Um, I really don't want to see no pay, no uh, actually the Steelers going up against no Falcons. I don't want to see that. I can't stand the Steelers. You know, both of us can't stand the Steelers. But anyway, fans, we want to thank you for joining our show. And if you missed the show live, you can always go to iTunes. Look for the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. And fans, we hope you enjoy Conference Championship Sunday. It's going to be two great games. And from Neek and Chuck, we'll see you next week. And I just want to say one last thing to the city of Dallas. How about them Cowboys?